The New Jersey Devils need goaltending. The St. Louis Blues have found their groove under their new coach. And the Colorado Avalanche add Zach Parise. But do they have enough defense? All that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Devils, Trey Matthews. And Trey, a little bit of a tough time right now for the Devils, losing their last few games and, and injuries really mounting on the blue line. Talk to me about these injuries. These are key players who are going to be missing for a little while. Yeah, so it's been a rough few days for the New Jersey Devils organization uh, for injuries, like you said, and for other reasons that we're not going to uh, get into on this show. But um, you you mentioned the injuries on the blue line, but I think uh, another main injury is Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes has been sidelined ever since the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks game, the same game in which Connor Bedard uh, sustained his injury as well. So uh, when looking at the defense for the Devils, they're, they've lost Brendan Smith, Jonas Siegenthaler, and Dougie Hamilton. Now, here's the thing. All three of those players um, have had their fair share of struggles during the course of the year, but that significantly hurts the depth for the Devils. So Dougie Hamilton, I'd say, was a huge catalyst on the Devils' power play. He was one of the reasons why the Devils were top of the top of the power play for a few weeks in the NHL. And uh, unfortunately, losing uh, his shot attempt and his uh, his shot-creating ability, that that hurts the Devils a lot. Jonas Siegenthaler and Brendan Smith, depth ass- assets as well. So that ha- uh, hurts the Devils' blue line. And for Jack Hughes, he's the engine that makes the car drive for the devils and obviously their offense has taken a significant hit ever since uh, he went down with his injury we're hoping that he'll return after the all-star break but yeah it's been it's just been a big it's just been a big series of events of injuries for the devils throughout the course of the year because i can make a list of players that have dealt with injury in more ways than one so like there's been a lot of players who have missed at least one game due to injury this year Jack Hughes, as you said, the engine that makes this team go. How have they tried to replace him or or to deal with his absence in the lineup? That's the problem. You can't really replace him that because he's a one he's a once in a generation ta- talent for this Devils organization. Like he he might go down as the as the greatest Devils forward ever. So when it's all said and done, but injuries have really derailed him early on in his career. So. He has a lot of potential, but uh, the the main X factor and it's been a big talking point in the last few years. Can he stay healthy? But luckily, he's still in his early twenties, so still some time for him to like uh, turn around in that regards. But I think the Devils have been just struggling with their shot creating ability, and I think that's the main issue. And their rebound control is also not all that good. So 
they've been trying to rely on the top line and Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, and Timo Meyer. So Jesper Bratt, he had a productive uh, outing against the Lightning. Timo Meyer, he's also returning from injury, and Nico Heischer is obviously a great two-way player. So they're doing their best to try to replace Jack Hughes's absence, but unfortunately, that's way easier said than done because no one can replace his speed. No one can replace uh, the way he slices and dices through defense. No one can replace his uh, his uh, playmaking ability. So the Devils have a lot of options. But the thing is, is like you can combine all those options and you're still going to miss uh, Jack Hughes's production. Are, are there any young players who are getting a chance in the lineup now as a result of all these injuries? Yeah. So one player that I've talked heavily on my show is Santeri Hataka. I I was actually a big fan when the Devils obtained him in the Timo Meyer trade. Obviously, he's being utilized as a bottom four uh, defenseman. Um, Justin Dowling, he's not really a young guy. He's he's a lifelong AHL player, but he's been given a chance in the Devils lineup. Um, I think the big thing is Alexander Holtz. Alexander Holtz deserves more ice time. Like, I will give this sort of credit. He does carry the Devils' bottom six in terms of scoring, but – uh, the one thing I cannot reiterate enough is that where you're at on the lines does not equal ice time. So I think Alexander Holtz deserves a couple more minutes because I think he could definitely create some more um, uh, goal attempts for the Devils. Now, the thing is, is like, is he the perfect player? No, but I think he deserves a couple extra minutes. And I think the big thing is Shimon Nemetz and Luke Hughes, like they've been the Devils arguably the best two defensemen because I love what they do on the offensive side of things. And uh, Luke Hughes has actually stepped up his defensive abilities the last couple of games against the Hurricanes and also uh, the Lightning, if dare I say. So I think those are those two are the biggest things. So Shimon Nemetz and Luke Hughes just uh, being a source of bright light for the Devils on their blue line, but depth is really hurting them. Goaltending has been an issue for this team all season. Where are we at now and what can the team do to address it? So here's what the Devils recently did. They recently put Dougie Hamilton on LTIR because Hamilton is going to be out for a significant amount of time due to a torn left pectoral muscle. And he actually had to have surgery on it. So the Devils currently have $6.74 million in space available. Now people are wondering, why isn't it $9 million? Because that's what Dougie is paid annually. Well, you got to factor in there are a couple players who are on leave of absence for the Devils, so their contracts also count in the hit. So that's the circumstance. And um, Kevin Weeks actually took the X and he said, like, uh, keep an eye out for the Devils. So, like, goalie, defenseman, or more. So I think Tom Fitzgerald is trying to see who's going to come back, who's going to be out for a significant amount of time, and try to, like, put together a plan to try to get a temporary fix. So when looking at the goaltenders, obviously you get names in the mix like uh, John Gibson or Jacob Markstrom, but I personally think that's very unlikely. I mean, recently Elvis Merz-Lincolns, he, he wants out of Columbus. So while that would be a commitment for the Devils, that might be their most realistic option. Now, is Elvis the best goalie out there? No, but he might be a pretty decent fix for what the Devils need. So Goaltending, the market is spread thin, and in this case, every general manager has the ball in their court. And unfortunately, for the Devils, it's like uh, Vitek Vancek, his trade value is not really all that high. Nico Dawes, I don't think they want to part ways with him. Akira Schmidt, he was sent down to, to Utica a few weeks ago, and unfortunately, he's not really lighting it up there, to say the least. So it's just like the, there's, the Devils don't really have many trade uh, 
assets to give up for a goalie because I'm sure uh, the Anaheim Ducks, if they want to part ways with John Gibson, they want a solid goalie or someone who who shows promise or um, Calgary Flames, same way. They they probably uh, don't. I don't think they want to trade Jacob Markstrom. I'm, I think they would consider it, but I don't think it's very likely. But Elvis Merz Lincolns, he wants out of Columbus. And the Blue Jackets have helped the Devils before when it comes to trades. Uh, Damon Severson over the summer in this sign and trade, second sign and trade in NHL history. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I would, if I had to like uh, make an educated guess, I would say maybe the Devils will probably get a solid defenseman because the goalie market is very spread thin. And you do anticipate the Devils being buyers more than sellers at the deadline at this point? It really depends, like, on how the season goes the next month or so. Because one big question is Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli is a pending unrestricted free agent. And Tom Fitzgerald recently spoke to the media saying that he's trying to work out an extension with his agent. Now, he also said that it is a business. So if Tyler Toffoli's headspace isn't with New Jersey – and he isn't showing many signs of wanting to resign, then I think Tom Fitzgerald has to do the hard thing, which is trade him at the trade deadline because that's a valuable uh, asset that you have. I'm sure a lot of teams will like because currently Tyler Foley leads the Devils in goals. So I don't think they're going to become sellers, but if they can't get an extension worked out with Tyler Foley, if Foley doesn't want to remain with the Devils, if Foley doesn't want to take a pay cut in order to uh, have Tom Fitzgerald sign more guys, then I would see uh, Tyler Toffoli probably being dealt, but that's worst case scenario. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, Tyler Toffoli pending UFA, basically the Devils did uh, a lot of work to get him. So like uh, to to give everyone background information, uh, Devils do a sign and trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets. They get a third round draft pick in in last year's NHL draft. And then they use that draft pick and also Yegor Sharangovich, who is a pending RFA to get Tyler Toffoli. And personally, I didn't think Yegor Sharangovich was going to be given a fair chance to thrive with the Devils since Timo Meyer was added to the mix. And if the Devils didn't get Tyler Toffoli, I think they would have tried to resign Thomas Shatar. There was really only one open spot on the line for uh, Sharangovich, and that was going to be preoccupied by Alexander Holt. So I felt like Sharangovich deserved to go somewhere else to really thrive because he's a really good player and he has a lot of potential, but he was going to be held back with the Devils. So they use that third round pick and Yegor Sharangovich to get tied to Foley. So personally, I don't think it's a situation in which the Devils are losers in any sort of trade. It's just like they got a temporary fix in tied to Foley and either to is going to resign with the Devils or he's going to be used as trade collateral and maybe Tom Fitzgerald could get something out of it. So you know, I don't I don't think um, they're in a situation where it's a lose lose. All right. Well, I know it'll be interesting and I know you'll be on top of it throughout the rest of the season. Trey, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? You can find me on X at Trey Matt four and the show's personal X page app at Locked on Devils. And you can listen to uh, Locked on Devils wherever you get your podcast from available also on YouTube. And I just surpassed 2000 subscribers. Congratulations, Trey. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Gil. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, 
eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show Haley T. Simon of Locked On Blues. And Haley, good time to be a Blues fan. Five wins in a row. What's been the big difference in St. Louis over these five games? Happy to be back and happy to be talking about this. So these five games are truly a testament to how the team is developing under coach Drew Bannister. I truly believe that the Blues have the talent. They have the ability to be a contending team for the playoffs, which they are now. Um, So that makes me feel really good heading into that all-star break. But I think overall, it's just the consistency. It's working on the power play. I know Bannister had to really rude you that power play, and he made it more um, different positioning, right? So Nelia's guys posted by the net. So I think redoing that unit, I think even just the development of some of these players, like a Jake Neighbors, who's been phenomenal. So I think it's finally clicking and five games in a row, huge. I said on Lockdown Blues that I wanted the Blues to have at least 50 points by the time that, you know, the month ended and they've surpassed that now. So I am very proud of the guys. What do you, I mean, how, why do you think the team is responding to the, to the new coach right now? Uh, has it just taken a certain amount of time for them to get used to it? Is he doing something significantly different than what his predecessor did? Yeah, so I will always say this. I think Craig Berube is one of the best coaches. Nothing but respect for him. He got us the cup. But I think that these guys now realize that they have to step it up. When Berube was coaching in the beginning of the season, um, the guys looked lackadaisical on the ice. There's no excuse behind it. I mean, we know the defense was going to struggle, but it just seemed like there was a sense of non-urgency going on. But now under Bannister, these guys know that they have to give it their all because the guy that got them the Stanley Cup and Craig Berube was fired because of the lack of effort, the lack of winning, the lack of skill on ice. And to be frank, I think that a lot of these guys that played in Springfield with the Thunderbirds were already used to Bannister as he was their head coach. So I think that there was a comfortability already established, but I mean, for any player to, they have to look themselves in the mirror and realize, Hey, I'm the reason why my coach was fired and um, they just have to step it up. And they've been doing that. Talk to me about Robert Thomas leading the team in points by a wide margin, not a household name around the league, but he's getting the job done. So I always say it's Robert Thomas season. That's my bio in Lockdown Blue says, because it is always Robert Thomas season. If you're looking for a player that's going to be a consistent goal scorer, okay, look at Tomer. But also when you look at a playmaker, someone that can actually feed the puck to the net, that's what Robert Thomas does best. And I always say this about him, and it's a very interesting um, thing that I've noticed about him, is that he's one of the most selfless players on the ice. He, you know, a lot of hockey players, a lot of athletes in general, and I understand that they want to be the one to get that game-winning goal. But Thomas, on the other hand, he's the one that sets it up, and that's just as important. So with him leading the team in points, it's no surprise whatsoever. I think that I've actually been a little bit impressed with how many goals he scored. It was more than I thought he would have already. 
But, I mean, he is the foundation to that team. If you want to talk to me about who the future of the Blues is, it's Robert Thomas, and he's been showing us that. As far as the goaltending goes, where do they stand now? And and realistically, uh, how confident are they in this goaltending duo as we head into the final few months of the season? So I laugh a little bit when you ask me that because – Coming into the season, I did not think the backup Joel Hofer would be good at all. I had really no faith, young guy, you know, rookie season up here. But he's impressive. But it's Jordan Binghamton, right? That's the goalie that everybody always expects good things out of him. And I'm not, you know, saying that he's not a good goalie. He is. But it just seems like he's kind of lost that spark. And maybe, again, it could be because of the defense. It could be because of the season. But at this point, I and I and I love Binner, but at this point, I think that he is somebody that the Blues don't always have to keep around because the way that the NHL now works is you really just need two goalies to go back and forth. You don't need like that number one main goalie. And the Vegas Golden Knights are a great example of that with their six goalies last season and then winning the cup. <laughs> so I think that Bennington, you know, he's less emotional. He hasn't hit anybody on the ice this year, which is a huge thing. But again, I think he's just not having the best season, but Hofer has been really stepping up and getting a couple of shutouts this season. And uh, he's been solid in the crease. Give me the name of a player on the blues who fans of the NHL may not know, but who's really contributing quietly to the team's success. Yeah. So a couple of names pop into my head and he actually is now out. It's Scott Perunovich. Scott's been a really good player. Um, he goes back and forth between the Thunderbirds and the Blues, but I think that he is somebody that's developing quite nicely. Another, and again, a lot of these guys are the guys that go back and forth. I think Tyler Tucker has potential too. Another defenseman back and forth. Uh, both of them are defensemen. They both rotate out on the four, um, on the, the last pair. So usually you don't see them together, but they're pretty solid guys. But if you want to look at a future star of the NHL, like if you want to look at a player that you're like, okay, whoa, who is this guy? I'm not saying he's the next Austin Matthews. So all these NHL fans, we're not going to get into that level. But Jake Neighbors, he is somebody that, for me at least, is going to be like the next big thing. And it's the goal scoring. It's the playmaking. And it's just, you know, it's funny. But the players that show the most personality are the players that fans really gravitate towards. And he is a funny guy. He does a lot of these behind-the-scenes videos. So I think that if you're looking for a player that's going to be a complete all-star, I mean, ironically, the all-star break's coming up. But if you're looking for that, and then Jake Neighbors. But if you're looking for players that if you want to add to your fantasy hockey roster, if you're looking for players that, you know, we're just going to be really solid guys to watch, then definitely Perunovich and uh, Tucker. Trade deadline now about six weeks away. Uh, where do you think the Blues, how do they approach this trade deadline? Well, there's not much they can do because of all their no trade clauses. Um, realistically, I think the Blues are going to make a move at the deadline. There's not that many guys um, that they can just move around. So I think that it's going to have to come down with Doug Armstrong, the GM, having some really in-depth conversations with some of these players potentially if they were able to find something, I know that some of these players um, it's I've read all their contracts and with some of their players, some of the players, um, they have like 12 teams that they definitely do not want to ever go to, or they have five teams that definitely don't want to go to. It's like, it all fluctuates. So I think maybe having a conversation, like for instance, and I'm putting his name out there, um, Tori Krug, big name last summer, and I'm not expecting him to get traded at the deadline, but just as an example, he didn't want to play for Philadelphia. 
they could say to Tori Krug, hey, how would you feel about being traded to Boston? And of course, he would go back to Boston. Like, why wouldn't you right now? So I think having conversations with players in that sense or what the Blues can, and this is the problem. I think that the Blues are in a weird position. They're not like in a win now mentality, but they're also not in a rebuild. So it really, you know, it's kind of up in the air. It's like a 50-50. They could get rid of some of their better players and they could get a better draft pick or they could try to acquire some top talent. So definitely utilizing some of the younger players too. They could even get rid of them. But I think that, and I like Doug Armstrong. Do I think he's going to make the decision that I would make? No. And what I would personally do is nothing. Stand pat. It's it's difficult because the free agency this year is going to be so good. So I would just wait till then. But I mean, at the deadline, unless you're going to get a really good deal and have a good talent come in, then okay. But sometimes I feel like it's better just to wait until the season's done. Fair enough. Haley, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, so you can go on YouTube at Lockdown Blues or Twitter at Lockdown Blues every single day. I will be posting. Well, I do post Blues content, but even during this all-star break, I'll still be posting content five days a week. And on my Twitter, it's at Haley T. Simon. And it's a lot of hockey. So if you like hockey and you like St. Louis Blues, uh, you know where to find me. All right, Haley, thank you so much. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or even three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It is great to welcome back to the show the co-host of Locked On Avalanche, Kyle Sullivan. Kyle, up and down season for the Avs, but back on the upswing as of late. Why is this team winning again? Chris, well, like, why, why are we asking me? I, I have no idea. Like, me and my co-host, Chris Maselli, we talk about this night in, night out. And this team, uh, I've been watching the Avalanche since 95, 96, since they became the Nor- like from the Nordiques to the Avalanche. And I have I can't remember a more perplexing season. This this Colorado Avalanche team is sitting third in the league standings. Well, granted, Vancouver is also at the top, but nobody's talking about that. That's it's kind of a quiet thing that's going on right now. But the Avalanche are up there. They're outscoring their problems right now. And now with Zach Parise, they're really adding to that philosophy. Uh for the past two episodes, we, me, me and uh, Chris Maselli, we have talked about the rumors circulating the Stack Parise signing. Why is it needed? The Colorado Avalanche are running Alexander Yorgif in the ground. Their goalie, their starting goalie. Their backup goalie, Pavel Francouz, is hurt. He's not expected to play at all this year. 
They have Eustace Anunen, who is bouncing back and forth between the Colorado Eagles and the Avalanche. And they just don't have a solid backup. So I guess to alleviate the stress on your gift, they're outscoring their problems. I don't know how long this is sustainable, but they're sitting third in the league. Like for everybody else that's not wearing burgundy and blue, the Avalanche are just being the Avalanche. Good team, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr. I mean, must be nice. But behind the scenes, it's frustrating. This team loses to Montreal, Arizona. They play down to opponents. Takes them a while to get going. They could start great, not finish. It's you don't know what Colorado Avalanche team is going to take the ice any given night. You can have nights where Logan O'Connor, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Rantanen are flirting with a hat trick in the same game. And then you have games where they get shut out, limited to a goal, just getting outshot. It's perplexing, but talent alone has the Avalanche sitting in third. So you mentioned Zach Parise. He signs. Uh, I know he hasn't played yet. What is his timetable, and where do you see him fitting into this team? Zach Parise is expected, well, I know by the time the episode is released, he will be speaking with the media. Um, so that'll be his first introduction to the world in burgundy and blue, which is weird for all the Minnesota Wild fans. Don't worry, we're not adjusting to it too well either. But the Avalanche did sign Devin Dubnik at one time as well, so we're kind of accustomed. But we're expecting Parise to make his debut with the Avalanche after the All-Star break, which is understandable. And where he fits in this team, it's thankfully he's a versatile winger. He could play both the left and the right. And his stint with the Islanders last year, he played every game, which for the Colorado Avalanche, that's money. And they're only paying Parise $825,000 to finish the year. Not a bad gig. So will he slot into that third line? Will he slot into the second line? Because right now the Avalanche have a very powerful second line, which they refer to as the Roaring 20 line. It's it's very... <laughs> where he's going to fit is a question, but internally all the Avalanche members are extremely excited for Parise, what he can bring to this roster. But again, you don't want to put the stress on a 39-year-old versatile winger to basically win games by outscoring some lackluster defense at times. And Yorgif, he can either shut out the Vegas Golden Knights or give out three goals a night. You never know what you're going to get. Well, never dull, I would say, in, <laughs> in Denver these days. Uh, okay, the trade deadline right now is about five, six weeks away. What do you do? if you're the general manager of the Colorado avalanche to get this team ready for playoff hockey and see, that's almost what this shot is. This is a secondary shot. The Tomas Tatar trade earlier this season where they sent Tomas Tatar to the Seattle Kraken for a fifth round pick. That was the first they acquired Tomas Tatar in the off season. And they already said, okay, this is not working. They traded him away for a pick. Now going into this trade deadline, like we mentioned one more defenseman and a backup goalie is what the Avalanche currently need if they're going to make any headway in the playoffs and not repeat what they did against Seattle last year. It's going to have to be working. What's not working with this Colorado Avalanche team right now? And there are names that people are throwing at Sam Gerrard has a beefy contract, but he contributes. Bowen Byram 
you have Sam Malinsky coming up right now, and he's looking really, really good. And when you're putting Bo Byram next to Sam Malinsky, this Sam Malinsky is the shiny new thing. And Bo Byram, he has injury problems, penalty problems, but he also, when he's 100% and on his game, he's great. So you're, you have a lot of pieces you can look at and say, this isn't working because the, the avalanche moved on from Alex Newhook. And that was, that seemed like a foregone conclusion. An avalanche superstar didn't pan out that way. They gave up, traded him away. You're expecting the same kind of moves at the trade deadline. The avalanche are hungry and they want to get back to the Stanley cup. And they know moves have to be made and friendships will be broken when that trade deadline comes around. So don't be, ex- don't be surprised when some of these names dancing around rumors are names that, you know, any backup goalies that you think the team should look at or is looking at at this point. There has been the rumor about Mark Andre Fleury and it's been getting a little bit loud here lately. It makes sense. It'd be a nice little swan song for Mark andre Fleury. Go one more cup. We're honestly in a backup role. I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. And you could also kick the tires on Varlamov. You, it's another former goalie, but it's going to be harder to pry him away now that, that Patrick Waugh is back in New York and that relationship has been rekindled. But there are some backup goalies the Avalanche are looking at. You need consistency. And I'm telling you, if I had to pick any, it'd be the flower trade. I really think that he would... You don't expect him to go in there and win games, but if you need him, he can. How about Gabriel Landeskog? What is his status? When, if at all, is he expected back? And after being out for so long, what kind of an impact can we expect from him, if any? You think the Taylor Swift sightings and Kansas City Chief games are nauseating? Wait till you see Gabriel Landeskog every time he hits the ice. Your social media feeds are flooded with Avalanche fans saying, look at this. I can't believe it. This is incredible. That's where we are with the Avalanche and Gabriel Landeskog coming back. He is skating. He has has been joining the team here and there for just no contact, just skating around. And I have never watched a one minute and seven second clip of a man skating around so much in my life just to see how he's progressing. But that's where we are. And he's not going to be back for the regular season, but the playoffs. And we were just talking about where does Parise fit in? Landeskog has done so much for this team. It, it's you, you, you really can't put value on what Landeskog means to this team and what he brings to this team night in and night out. But when this team gets to the playoffs, whatever version this Avalanche team looks like when they get to the playoffs, you're turning around to your captain and saying, "I don't know where you're going to be." He's going to be. He's going to have a role. Where is going to be the big question. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to watch what happens down the stretch at the trade deadline and into the playoffs. Kyle, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you and your co-host on social media? Yeah, you can find Locked On Avalanche on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. You just search Locked On Avalanche. We're right there. Burgundy logo. I'll help you out a little bit. And you can find us on all the socials. We're on Instagram and X. Just search Locked On Avalanche. And you can find me personally at Shaggy Von Doom everywhere you look. All right, Kyle, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. It's always an honor, my friend. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. 
Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I want to thank my guests today. I want to thank Simon of Locked On Blues and Kyle Sullivan of Locked On Avalanche for joining me. I'm Gil Martin. I have Locked On Avalanche for joining me. I'm Gil Martin. I host the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, and I co-host the Friday edition along with Rachel Donner. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Every day as we are here every Monday through Friday, bringing you the biggest stories from around the NHL first and fast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to and watching the Locked On NHL podcast.